0: Hello and welcome to the PSA pod. Today, I sit down with a longtime PSA partner, Connie Moorhead. Connie is founder of the Seymour Group and securityceu.com. Connie and her team offer a full suite of training and compliance solutions for the security industry. She had an excellent session queued up for Tech 2020, but unfortunately wasn't able to present as we had to cancel the event due to COVID-19. We still thought there was a lot of value for integrators, so we wanted to bring it to you today. State licensing is a hassle, but a necessity if you wanna keep your business legal. 44 states of the District of Columbia all have licensing requirements if you want to install, support, or monitor a low voltage fire and or burglar alarm system. Of those locations, 33 have continuing education requirements to maintain that license. Today, Connie and I talk about the varying state and jurisdictional licensing requirements across the security industry. I hope you find today's episode useful. And as always, if you have recommendations for guests or topics, please share them with marketing at psasecurity.com. Well, hi Connie, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me. So today we're gonna be talking about licensing and compliance. And I know that you've talked about this at PSA Tech in the past. Tell us why it's important to revisit it again in 2020. Well, it's
1: important now more than ever to know which licenses are required to do your job, how to obtain those licenses, how to renew or maintain those licenses once you have them initially. Many of the licenses are the same as they were before, but we're emphasizing and reemphasizing the importance of getting those licenses Um, We're seeing a lot of turnover in the industry, so a lot of new technicians being hired that need to have those licenses might be new, and also because um, we're seeing a lot more—how should I word it? um, Follow through on people that are that are checking on those licenses. Right. So that's very important. A very important reason to to get those licenses.
0: I know we're hearing about a lot of layoffs um, and, you know, challenges with COVID-19. Do you think that's going to cause a challenge for integrators if, you know, they've had to downsize because of the economy and lay off maybe those licensed employees that they had, and then now we're going to see a rehiring needed? How do you think that's going to affect this as well?
1: Well, it's, it's going to affect it in just the sense that they need to know what they what they need to know. They, they need to know the importance of licensing, who they need to license, whether it's their technicians or just the qualifying agent or just their business or all three of the above. Um, so when they're hiring, it's very important to understand what that new hire needs to go through.
0: Absolutely. What are the varying licenses um, that that we see in this industry?
1: Well, there are several categories of licenses in the security arena. Um, Some States have kind of all the categories I'll list for you. And some States have only one or two, but the options out there kind of center around the way that we put our business in silos. The licenses are in those same silos as well. So for instance, you'll find that there may be a license that covers just um, generally all of low voltage. Then you may see licenses that are for fire alarms and systems only, or for Berg only, or for CCTV and video only, or for access control. So the way that, like I said, our business tends to be in silos, those licenses are as well.
0: That makes sense. What does it take to to get one of these licenses? Well, to get one of them varies in every location,
1: but there are some examples that I can share with you. Um, First, let's talk about what it takes overall and in general to get a license. For instance, for the technician, they may have a form to complete. Uh, The individual has to include employment history, um, maybe three to five years worth, a qualifying agent would share a lot more in getting their license than the individual technician would. And and I'll share with you a little bit later more about what a qualifying agent actually is, but think of them as the manager for now. The uh, qualifying agent would have to do things like prove their experience on the application. They must establish maybe two years worth of experience within the past five years in alarm systems um, installation. Then they have to prove low voltage experience. Um, They may have to do um, proof that they had full-time employment in the low voltage electrical industry. So maybe they have an electrical license and they can prove through that. then they have to have fingerprint card on file, and that has to come back clean of course, right Then they have to submit an application they have to have a digital photograph they have to proof have a proof of education um, a minimum requirement is high school education then they have to go through and sign all these statements um and have a personal reference questionnaire kind of where people are backing all this up as personal references so it's a robust process that they go through to get their license um this is an example that i gave you for north carolina okay
0: right
1: um in this in that same state the employees do not get licensed but what they do have to do is be what we call registrants So they have to be registered for that company. The technicians complete an application and are submitted as registrants. Um, And and there's an affidavit that is uploaded. Um, Fingerprint cards are required and then they submit that application. So it's not quite as robust as what the qualifying agent goes through but they still have to be trapped in a certain way. So, um, and, then, and then North Carolina just has just some general rules that, you know, all applicants must be at least 18 years of age and U.S. citizens and of good moral character with temperate habits, meaning no criminal background record.
0: Interesting. Okay. Now, we, you had referenced qualifying agents. Why don't you give us a little bit of a deeper dive about exactly what a qualifying agent is?
1: Certainly, so a qualifying agent is a person qualified by the licensing board for the contractor who has the responsibility to supervise, direct, manage and control construction activities on the job for which he or she has obtained a building permit. The qualifying agent is also considered the person who is responsible by the supervision of that business management and construction practice, and is either the individual owner or full-time employee with written power of attorney. So essentially, they're the one managing the jobs, managing the construction, managing the security um, installs, and they may be the owner, um, the officer of the company, um, a partner or full-time employee, and there may be more than one QA designated if they, are, I mean, if they have passed the trade exam for the license. So the license is not issued to the QA unless they are the owner who provided the financial statement. Otherwise, the business gets the license and it, it does not go specifically to the QA. When the QA leaves, they have to replace the QA and it would be assigned to that person.
0: Is it important for technicians and integrators to maintain these licenses? Well, absolutely.
1: Because when the AHJ or authority having jurisdiction shows up on the job site and requests to see a proof of a valid license to be working there, you want to be sure that you can produce that. So without the appropriate license, you can be fined, um, your business can be shut down, and there's even the possibility of jail time. Now, that's a more remote and limited use punishment, but it's a real possibility. Um, The more probable punishment would be fines.
0: Right. You know, you've touched on it a little bit, but how does the licensing process vary from state to state and kind of the management of it and um, the enforcement of it?
1: Well, you know, the process is as different from state to state as the states themselves. The difference is, you asked, you know, how does the process vary? Well, it varies based on what you have to do in order to get your license um, and and to renew your license as well. For instance, um, maybe you have to fill out a form, send in a little money and get a background check and that's about it and to renew your license you send in a form send in a little money and that's about it there's not there's not continuing education requirements um, or anything required to renew your license in other locations like north carolina that i just kind of went with you a minute ago it's, there's very robust requirements for getting that QA licensed, from background checks, to fingerprint forms, to affidavits, to forms being filled out, to license fees being sent in, and the list goes on and on, and then still registering um, all of your technicians, and then to renew the license and maintain it, there's um, continuing education requirements for each person, so um, it's, it's, it's really runs the gamut from each location, and knowing that is very important.
0: Absolutely. I'm sure that can present some challenges for integrators who maybe service multiple states.
1: It does, and that's where they usually have someone assigned to licensing, or frankly, they work with a company like mine that is in the trenches of licensing and compliance or uses the PSA solution that we've launched with you all that has the ability to kind of automate a lot of this
0: right you set me up nicely i was going to ask you to give (laughs) give a little background on what exactly it is the Seymour group can do for integrators well
1: a couple of things um we can provide them with a document that is kind of the what I call the Bible for licensing and compliance, and you know it's a free of charge document that we that we put together and maintain. That is walks through each state, what their licensing requirements are for the categories, and um, what the continuing education requirements are for those categories. So it's. Um, a fairly long document, but as you can imagine, um, it took us many, many months to put together and we try our best to keep it updated um, and, and very current. We release a new version of it every year and that is available to integrators. Beyond that, we have consulting services where we will kind of take over the paperwork of their licensing headaches and get their licenses for them, track their CEUs for them. And then the next level is for them to use the certification tracker that is now called Obstekia. And that's designed to automate, report on, and track. But the keyword there is automate that licensing and certification renewal process. And I can provide a demo of that to anyone that would want to see it. There's um, information, I believe, on the PSA Education site, or I can give them information as well um, at any time. So we offer quite a few different solutions to help out the integrators, um, some of which are at no cost and some of which are at a little cost. But even the software that we've developed is very, very inexpensive. It's only about 99 cents per technician a month.
0: Wow. You know, you referenced staying on top of this. Um, do we, you see a lot of big change in the licensing requirements from year to year? And um, if so, you know, does the offerings that Seymour Group has, and obviously through PSA, does it really help integrators stay on top of that? Um, and it's not so much
1: that the licensing process in any one state changes from year to year. It's that keeping up with where it changes across the 50 locations right? Um, changes. So that's, that's where the challenge is, Candace, is keeping up with every location. And any one business, any one integrator may not be in every state, but many of them are in 9, 10, 11 states. You know, they border different states, and so they have to understand reciprocity it's, it's just, it's mind numbing also, because working with many of the, um, boards, especially right now when they're not necessarily at their jobs is challenging. Right. And so we have the ability to, to make that headache go away. We know how to reach these people at the boards and, find out the information that many of the integrators may have a lot of trouble finding out themselves.
0: Absolutely. What else should integrators know or what else do they need to know about licensing or compliance that may not be something that they're aware of?
1: Well, I would just recommend that they take it seriously. It can be a real headache. So many times they put it off or don't assign the right resources to handle tracking of CEUs or assignment of licenses, et cetera. Um, PSA offers the, you know, the great tool to assist with this that I mentioned, the certification tracker powered by Psychea. And um, it's it's designed to really take that headache away. Um, but I just think that it's it's important that integrators don't, kind of put their head in the sand when it comes to licensing and say, I'll get to it tomorrow, I'll get to it tomorrow. Because before you know it, you you went from a small integrator to a medium to a large size integrator. And that problem went from a small problem to a medium to a large problem.
0: Right. That's a great point. Well, thank you so much for sharing what what you shared with us today, Connie. I think it's Um, You know, a good topic for people to stay on top of, and since we didn't get to talk about it at Tech this year, uh, we thought it was good just to do a refresher or share new information for those who may not know. Well, thank you for having me. Now, for our audience and our listeners, can you tell them how they can find you? Absolutely. Um,
1: The easiest way to get a hold of me would be through either email or the phone and email is connie at seymour.com, and that's connie at C as in Charlie, M as in Mary O O R.com. And my phone number is 502 376 1774, and that's my cell. It rings directly to me, and I would encourage anyone out there that wants to know more about PSA education or the training that's offered or the services that Seymour offers as a part of our partnership with PSA to call me at any time.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us today, Connie.
1: Well, thank you for having me.